0: No it just it's kind of like my neck just swallows my chin uh <laughs> um.
1: Episode seven of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG Fan music podcast. I'm your host, Steven Meyer, Taylor's on the boards. With me today is my typical PIC. That would be me.
2: I'm Derek Hemsberg and Embryon on the Boards, and we have a special guest today whose voice you might recognize from another quality podcast. That the is the hell's a PIC.
0: Partner in crime. Partner in crime. Oh, okay. Alright, well, I learned something. Get yeah. out
2: the lingo. Sorry. Who are you? Why are you on our podcast?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm Rob Steinman, Pale Robbie on the Boards, and host of Random Encounter, and I am completely out of my element right now. That's where we want you, throw you off. Yeah.
1: So, as, as is befitting Rob, we're doing boss themes because they're full of rage and aggression and power. All, all things we associate with Rob, right? Mm-hmm. So, before we do that, though, as always, we're going to do a couple of recent albums, and I believe the first one is from a game you guys have both played. Uh, I haven't touched it
2: yes this is the world map theme from ninokuni wrath of the white witch on playstation 3
1: composed by joe
2: hisaishi and it is a gorgeous track that's going to make you think of your uh, childhood days of exploring the worlds of giant rpgs well we might have some stuff to say about it but let's just uh, let's just jump right in let's listen to the world map theme from ninokuni The soundtrack to Ni Kuni is one of the best parts of the game. Every time I hear it, it makes me wish the game was a little bit better. Not that it was a bad game, but, oh god, that theme. I just, I love Studio Ghibli anyway, so it's like a one-two punch of amazing emotion every time I hear that music.
0: I agree. Uh, to me, what what sets it apart from a lot of other video game music is that it really feels like a Hollywood soundtrack where it has incorporations of the main theme of the entire game, like the, the opening cinematic, the opening yeah. type theme, and they incorporate that so well that it, it makes the whole thing feel cohesive. When I wrote the soundtrack review for the game, I had to go back and delete cohesive like 18 times because that was... <laughs> no, that's the feeling I got while, while listening to this. I was like, this feel. Every soundtrack feels like it's part of this game. It's part of this world, and that goes so far along to creating this really magical place that Oliver is exploring.
1: Well, I, I think Joe is even known for that. I'm going to call him Joe because that's easier to pronounce. Uh, <laughs> I think Joe is is like known for that in all of his Ghibli scores. Where if you read like uh, Pat Gann reviewed like the other Nino Cooney soundtrack that came out, like the partial one, and he, you know, it, it he really is great at making everything this kind of inter interwoven soundtrack. So. Every piece of it is a part of its identity, and I think that really it helps a lot of people when they play ninokuni no Kuni to, to why they love it so much. Because it's not just that you're looking at these pretty graphics. It's not just that it's a, a traditional style JRPG. It's the music really, really pulls you into it. So, yeah, I think pretty universally we all all dig that track. It's I still have only played the demo and a little bit of the full game, but the music is totally hotness.
0: I didn't realize it's, you got the full game. I didn't. I borrowed it from somebody and then ah, gave, gave okay. it back. <laughs> Well, yeah. the, the soundtrack is. I, I've heard a lot of complaints about Nino Kuni, uh, just about everything except the soundtrack.
2: Yeah, just, it, and it's its also a gorgeous game. I mean, early oh, yeah. and visually, it's a real treat. It's just, it's got a couple issues with the battle system and stuff, but we can. The, the best part about good music is that we can just listen to it and appreciate it for what it is on its own and not have to listen to it while playing the game. And that's why I love that we live in an age when we can get soundtracks digitally. Like, oh, okay, I'll just like Unlimited Saga. Like, yeah, I don't want to play Unlimited Saga ever again, but I can listen to its soundtrack
1: as much as I want. Yeah, I sure would like to listen to that without playing that disaster. Yeah. (sighs) So our second track for today is from an Otome title that Neil reviewed. Uh, He reviewed both the game and the soundtrack. It's called Heartstring Bugs. I, I looked at the game a little bit. I don't know much about it. It's just It's one of those, it's like a visual novel where I guess you're a girl dating guys. Not my thing, but Neil really, really loved the music, and it made him go play the game, which we were saying... You know, Rob was saying, Nino Kunis he's, he's listening to the music. He's like, oh, I kind of want to go play that game again. It's funny how the music does that, because Neil said, he goes, this music is so good, I want to play the game. And then he ended up not liking the game that much, but he's like, "Wow, well, the music's great. So. But anyways, we're going to listen to Faraway Dreams from the Heartstring Bug soundtrack. And uh, this is composed by Hill and Wynn Smith, known online as the Twins Compositions. Faraway Dreams. So that was faraway dreams from heartstring bugs i i I don't dislike the song and i don't dislike the soundtrack i've listened to it a couple of times and i think rob hit rob mentioned this while we were were listening to it but i really think that it's one of those tracks kind of like with the 999 or the vlr soundtrack where it's good music but without something to associate it with it's sort of just kind of for me it was like just music i'd hear in a club and be like oh it's a nice piano
0: I really feel like it has to go to something like you can kind of hear the lulls in the piano track that make it feel like there's almost like this point of characters having a contemplation of something. And so by not having any relationship to where this music is playing, it doesn't, it doesn't fit anything. It's not like the world map from Nino Kuni, which that's just gorgeous. Anybody can listen to it. This feels like it needs to be with something, and that, that's not a criticism. It's still a beautiful track, but by not having any feeling of where that needs to lie, it, it just it feels off to me. I don't know if I could listen to it outside of the game.
1: Yeah, it's not worming its way into your ear.
2: Yeah, I can see why Neil like heard that and wanted to play the game, but I guess he said the game wasn't that great.
1: <laughs> Which so. is unfortunate,
2: but hey, at least... it's so that's music... a letdown, but yeah, it's it's okay. I agree with what you guys said, though. It's not, like, amazing on its own.
1: I think you run into that with a lot of visual novels, though. Like, I tried to listen to the music from that... I guess it was the game that the 999 guy made before, like, Ever17. And I hadn't played the game, and I was listening to the music, because everyone told me how great it was, and I was like, well, this is, you know, it's 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 good, yeah. but I, I have nothing to associate it with, so it's not, like, it's really music that's meant to be, you know listen to while you're reading something so
0: i agree that goes really well in that game but out of it i don't know if it'd be that good it's very yeah. hard for me I, i'm trying to do that now where i'm reading a lot this summer and i try to pick like a video game soundtrack or something to put on as background music and it's really hard to hit on the right thing i actually uh if, if oh my god i think i just made a segue you did that was great can i, can I do it yeah do it oh okay because the the i was In coincidental, I was going to mention that one soundtrack uh, that I really use a lot when I'm trying to read is the Skyrim soundtrack, because I think that music kind of fits, and it's very ethereal, and it's very fun to listen to, and I guess we have uh, another track here. Uh, It's from Lindsey Sterling and Peter Hollins, and it was uh, published by, it was a single release by Joypad Records, and it's the Skyrim main theme. It's a remix of that, and although I don't think the Skyrim main theme fits very well with reading something, but I think the rest of the soundtrack really does, and it's great to pick up if you want to. To listen to music and Steven helped me because I feel like I don't know what to say now
1: you're fine yeah so we, <laughs> next we have the Lindsey Sterling and Peter Hollings cover of the Skyrim main theme <gasps> I really, really like that. I We, we were talking about the Skyrim music uh, while we were recording, and I think it's one of my favorite soundtracks by Jeremy Soule, because a lot of times I think his stuff is kind of samey. Like Morrowind and Oblivion, the only tracks I remember are the title tracks, and two of the exploration tracks are Morrowind, whereas Skyrim has this massive four-disc soundtrack where it, it really felt a lot more... When you use the word again, cohesive than some of the other Elder Scrolls soundtracks because there were a lot more melodies that I can remember. And everybody remembers this one because of the Dovakine thing and you know, Fusro Da. But I I love this version. I think it's like super punchy and that violin, like right around two minutes.
0: I think Sterling just knocked it out of the park there. I don't like it as much as the original, but what I what I said when we were talking about it was that it really feels like a song that you would hear at a pub. This feels like the pub version, like, uh, you know, somebody plays the opening bars, beer bottles, uh, beer mugs are clacking together, and this is what you're singing. Absolutely. Yep, yeah. I got that vibe, too.
1: And everybody's wearing a Viking helmet and furs.
0: Everybody's got they.
1: a beard, even the women.
0: <laughs> Am I the only one rocking a beard here?
1: Uh, I have I have uh, a stubble.
2: I have a beard. It's not very big, but it's a beard. Gotta love the beards. The truer words were never said.
1: I had a, I had a beard right up until I saw a picture of myself in one class, and I was like, my God, I look like a pillock, and
0: so I just totally got rid of it. You used the term pillock? What are we, on Top Gear right now? <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> I shaved my beard. I, God, I feel like I've been bringing up Jackie all day, but I shaved my beard because- Well, you're she, getting married in two weeks. So yeah, I know. Uh, oh, oh, God, don't tell me that. Uh, and she, <laughs> she was like, I want to see you without a beard, and she was having a really bad day, so I went and I shaved off my beard. And she took one look at me, and she's like, never- yeah ever again because i have no chin i have no chin so the beard actually defines my chin line so what your face just ends no it just it's kind of like my neck just swallows my chin <laughs> uh it's uh, really it's no <laughs> like, I, I know what you're talking about i'm just hassling you yeah it's it's not a very strong chin but like the beard line makes it nice and defined and so i feel like i'm in skyrim when i just like grow out the beard a little bit Well, i always
2: advocate the beard so you go back to that
0: there you Well, i'm back to it baby i'm behind you all the way
1: there we go intended so that's our recent albums for today. This topic is one that I know Rob's been waiting for. we has like, come on, do boss themes, get me on there. Boss themes are awesome. That's my eloquent way of putting that. They're some of my favorite tracks to listen to from game music because I really, really dig combat music because those are like the moments where things come to a head. It's like you finally reach like the top of the tower and fight the boss. It's like, that's the denouement. You know, that's, and so you get this kind of catharsis and this really dramatic just outpouring of, emotion and excitement from boss themes and so i think we've picked an awesome list of tracks being
0: the guest and all i decided we'd let rob go first oh thank you sir uh so the first one i decided to pick and you'll notice that mine have a a running theme here where I realize apparently I really love guitars. Yeah, everything, just about everything I picked has a guitar in it, so I apologize to the listeners right there. Uh, but the first one I picked is uh, The Decisive Battle from Final Fantasy VI by Nobuo Uematsu. Without going into too much detail, well, obviously I'll talk about it in a second. I've, I'm looking at the title that we're using for this episode, Don't Tease the Octopus, and that is <laughs> the, first, the first thing I think is that battle with Ultros on, uh, on the raft. And I don't know why, but whenever I think of this song, his image is the first thing i think of every time because that's the
1: first boss fight in that game where the game's like oh you thought this was a joke fight because he's a goofy talk octopus but no you're dead five times
0: (laughs) well especially if you have the super scope six plugged into your second controller port and don't realize it and so all your characters are running (laughs) automatically and you can't beat him you think your game is busted you're calling all your friends and asking what's going on and eventually you realize that no you're just in fact an idiot that was my experience with that fight (laughs) yeah that's rough I've, i've been there
1: So, we're going to play the Decisive Battle from Final Fantasy VI, and then I pick the second track you're going to hear, which is Dark Impetus from Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, just because I felt like we needed to shove some Kingdom Hearts in with Rob's pick. Yes. I'm leaving. So, Decisive Battle, Final Fantasy VI, Dark Impetus, Birth by Sleep.
0: Regular battle music in Final Fantasy VI is actually a little bland. There's not a whole lot to it. It has a really long opening, and usually the fights are over so quickly that you never hear the good parts of that track. But this... yeah, like – but then the boss music for Final Fantasy Six, which you hear so many times because there's like 37,000 bosses in this game. That boss music just encapsulates that whole game to me. Like the, this feels like a throwdown, feels really intense, feels in your face, and it just it, – you're like super pumped. And it's actually a very quick loop. Steven, you were pointing that out. Like, it's a very short piece that just loops at a good rate, but you really don't hear it because it just breaks into itself so well. And I
1: I think there's so much intensity in it, too, that you don't notice it looping because it's so – the boss fights in 6 are tough. Like, I – some people claim that game is easy to break, and I guess it might be. But when I played it, I was afraid to use the menu because I was playing the PlayStation version, and the menu took, like, 10 (laughs) seconds to load. So I wasn't super stacked. So the boss fights were really tough. And I don't know, whenever I hear this track, all I can think of is just suplexing a train. I just hear, and then I'm like, yep, well, that was the best thing I've ever done.
0: (laughs) Yep. It it really is awesome. And ah, man, I just, that music is so uematsu to me. Like, it's just him having fun on that Super Nintendo and just going to town and doing something that just sounds gorgeous.
1: Yeah, because you know he loves to do, like, the rock stuff, especially, like, once we got into, like, the PlayStation stuff and then, like, the Black Mages and all that. And now he's in the, the Earthbound Papas band. Dude just loves to do rock and roll, and this is him doing his thing. Because this isn't really very similar to stuff that we heard in, like, really any of the Final Fantasies before
0: it. Like, there's a lot more, like, going on in 6. Great track. Love it. Now I want to replay 6. That That's the problem with doing this show. Now I have, like, 18 games I want to play right now. Yeah, it has that effect. Derek, any thoughts?
2: Uh, Final Fantasy six is my favorite Final Fantasy,
1: so that should explain that, to you how I feel. That yep. summarizes.
2: It makes me happy inside. It does. So did do, uh, well didn't and also well, okay, you know what? Forget your segue. I was I forgot to say, um, weren't we talking about this, it always makes you think of Ultros. Or did it does, you say yeah. that
0: before the track? I said it before the track, but I'll say it again. Yeah, it really does remind me of Ultros every time. Like, that's the first thing that comes to mind, because that's, like, the first real boss battle in the game that's challenging and in your face. Seafood soup!
2: Part of my, like, I'm a dorky little kid thing that I used to do is when we played Pretend Outside, I told you on a previous episode how we'd be, like, walking in place like we're in Shining Force. Yep. Uh, And the other thing was we would always do, like, the magic casting animations from games. And you know how, like, in FF6 tara like holds her hands together and she closes her eyes and chants like that was our thing like
1: no i always thought locked looked a little awkward doing that because like he's just this badass treasure hunter type guy and he's got a bandana and he's sitting there with his like hands
0: crossed like he's a ninja like well and cyan takes a knee and starts like praying which yeah and i thought that was really weird when i was a kid at least it looks like his sprite is taking a knee and I, i was just like wow there's praying in a video game that's kind of wow well, that dude had like
1: a deep plot, and I have to imagine in the Japanese version that stuff. He, he probably got scrubbed of. He was probably like a religious dude, in the... I don't know. I haven't I haven't played it in Japanese, but that was cool. So the second track we played was Dark Impetus, which is the secret boss theme from Birth by Sleep Final Mix. They add there was already a secret boss in Birth by Sleep. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't nearly as hard as I think as Terra from Kingdom Hearts Two. But they added this guy. You're you're in this this world that's been destroyed. You show up after you've beaten the final boss. You walk in. Guy's wearing an organization coat. You're like, oh, yeah, I know how this goes. And then your character is like, what? "What?" And so he just – the dude busts out these double lightsabers and I'm like, well, all right, here we go. This song kicks in and you are dead within three seconds. (laughs) This boss is – I'm sure some people that have paid closer attention to this series at this point than I have could correct me. But this is the hardest boss in the Kingdom Hearts series. The dude is totally insane. I don't know why this song is three minutes long because it's like the impossible game. You're only going to hear it once and then you're never going to go back because the guy's going
0: to stomp on you. Can you explain the Kingdom Hearts storyline to me after watching that game trailers uh, timeline video on Kingdom Hearts twice? I still
1: don't understand anything. Rob, I played Dream Drop Distance and I don't know what happened. Okay. All right. Fair enough. It's at the risk of veering off topic for just a second. It's, It's definitely there.
0: It could be done well in concept, but the problem is that it's not being written well. Which is a shame because, like that track, that's the first time I've ever heard it. I haven't played any in Kingdom Hearts games outside of one and two, and I I was really into that track. That just sounds really, you know, in your face and epic. I think that's the thing it's that it's epic without the guitar strings. It just this feels like something serious is going on.
1: Yeah, it's like Shimamura looked at the
0: violin and said, "Let me love you,"
1: and it whispered back, "Yay." But yeah, the boss things in Kingdom Hearts are totally rad, and they're half the reason—probably half the reason—I still love playing the, the series because. Even though the, fi- the final sequence in Dream Drop Distance is absurd, it's like eight boss fights all with their own song, and they're all like tied into like character themes and stuff. So it- it's a guilty pleasure at this point. But anyways, I think, uh, Derek, you picked our next
2: track. I did. So we've got another block of two tracks here. The first one is the one that I picked. It's Silver Will, a range version. It's from Legend of the Heroes, uh, Trails in the Sky. I-, I guess like technically it appears in like a preview movie at the very end of Trails in the Sky. But it actually appears in the game, uh, the second game, Soranoki Seki second chapter. So this is Silver Will. It's an arranged version. It's awesome. It's going to rock your face off. And then uh, after that, uh, Mike, or, uh, Mike Salbato from the site and Steven wanted to include Fatal Fight from Xenosaga. This is a song that played in a cut scene in Episode 2, but it was actually a boss theme in Episode 3. So Silver Will, arranged version, and Fatal Fight. Silver Will is a song that has a really strong emotional impact in the game because it's uh, it, it's the kind of thing that, like, it, it's leading up to the confrontation where it happens. I haven't actually played um, second chapter because it's not in English yet. But when I heard that song as the preview movie at the end of the first game, because uh, the first game ends on a huge cliffhanger. And that preview movie plays and you're like, oh, my God. So this song weaves in previous musical motifs, and it's used in a really important climactic battle in the second game. So I look forward to playing that, and I just... The story... I'm so invested in the story of uh, Sora no Kiseki that I just... I love this song. And like I said, it appears in the game, and there's actually another version that's in like the Falcom JDK 2008 special that's even cooler than this Oh, version. yeah,
1: I listened to that version, too. Yeah, cool. but
2: but I picked this one because it's actually in the game. So I love this track, although I know... It, I guess I might not have as much of an impact on you guys. It's definitely more Japanese-styled, but it's it's more of an, an emotional thing than it is like a straight-up listen to it and be like, oh, this is amazing. Well,
1: I think, like I was saying, I haven't played a ton of Falcom games, and I say this regularly, so I don't want to do it to death, but I don't have as much like of a, oh, I remember playing this part. I remember playing this part. I've basically played Yi's Origin and Ys Ark, which I hated. Too, yeah, I didn't like that one. But So I, I started listening to this. I'm like, oh, I'm not really getting anything out of this. And then it gets that, like, dun-dun-dun. I was like, all right, this is cool. So I definitely, I definitely like this one. Having no connection to the plot does sort of distance me from it, but it, it, it's still like I'm listening to it. I'm like, this really feels like it would have a lot of like weight behind it. Like I don't want to spoil anything because nobody's played this game in English yet. So, but it, it does strike me as something that would be really well suited to that kind of like. Yeah, it's thing. a
0: big moment in the story.
1: Yeah, so. and you That's said you spoiled it, it for yourself too. Yeah. So, congratulations.
0: Cool. Yeah.
1: It's unfortunate.
0: It's got a real, um, uh, as I look ahead on the tracks that we're going to be hitting, but it, it's got a quality where it doesn't feel like boss music. You can tell it's it's happening at one specific moment. It's not like the other tracks that we've done so far, which can kind of go with any boss in the game and you're going to hear them over and over again. This feels very distinct, like it's going to happen yeah. at one part. And I think that you can say the same thing about the next piece uh, as well. Yeah, it'll fight. Y-
1: Yeah, so a lot of people, they saw the trailer for Xenosaga 2 and they heard this song or a different version of this song and they were like, oh my god, that guy looks like Sitan and he's fighting that guy from Xenosaga. What's going on? And it was awesome. And then it plays in cutscenes, which is cool, but it never played in a battle in Xenosaga episode 2. I'm 99% sure it didn't. Uh, But then in episode 3, you fight a really major story character and it plays just for this one fight and it's awesome. It just it, when it first I was playing three because I watched all of one cutscenes, beat two, beat three. I got there in three and I was like, oh my god, it's Fatal Fight! And it was so cool to have it there, and I liked like like it's sort of like a slower pace than the cutscene version. It's a little less, it has less forward motion to it, but it it really suited both the combat style of the game and like the weight of the boss fight that it went with. Well, you did
2: a good job in lumping those two tracks together then, because <laughs> they both they're both like cinematic fights
0: rather than just a general boss scene. Hey, I put thought into this. And we've seen more of that with uh, especially JRPGs lately. When I was putting together my list, I couldn't think of very many Western RPGs that had music that really stood out at key moments or key battle music. It's kind of that traditional JRPG-style fighting system. And to have special tracks that play at certain points, I think that, that even heightens it more and more that this is a special fight. This isn't something that's going to happen over and over. You're not just fighting Ultras or a Doom Train. Yeah, like
1: you're and you're you know what you, you hit the nail on the head right there too. Those are the things we always remember. Like whenever we get on either podcast or when we're all just chatting, whenever it comes up, like I oh, remember this cool moment. It's almost always like, and then it had its own unique music. You know, like the the first form of the final first two forms of the final boss in Final Fantasy VII. You get there and you're like what? And then you get to the se- first form of Sephiroth and you're like what? And then when the first time you heard it, you were like what? One winged angel. What's going on? Yeah, I like unique boss fight music music is important well it's it's it's
2: just another example of how music is a tool that enhances you know it it accompanies other things like visuals and the feeling that you have about a story and all those things layer together and just like intensify the emotion that you feel
1: oh but i yeah. I, I, th- I think the difference you run into though between like western and japanese rpgs is that the japanese ones tend to have a more defined melody and more of like a like they're more like they're earworms i'm gonna keep using that term thank you casey they're earworms. You know, you just you, you remember them because they have a hook that you can remember, whereas the only real Western RPG music I could think of off the top of my head is
0: the Spawn battle fight or battle song from Baldur's Gate 2 because that had a melody and it was awesome. The, the emotional impact that Derek's talking about, that is huge for me. Um I guess as I'm getting older and, and I'm remembering like certain songs and in, in movies that I haven't seen in a long time, like the music is almost more impactful than what I'm actually watching on screen. Like I, I did a test with myself because – one moment in, in film that has really become emotional for me as I've gotten older and older and older. And as my relationship with my father has grown and developed and I've thought about being a dad myself is when Vader goes to I save knew Luke. It. You knew what I was going to say. I, like, I
1: watched that the other day and I was literally about to give this example. I
0: swear yeah. to God. When Vader goes to save Luke in Return of the Jedi, I know spoilers when he goes to save Luke and they swell with the One of the main themes of Star Wars, the theme that plays when Luke is first on Tatooine and looking at the dual suns, like that, uh, literally, it emotionally cripples me. It tells you right there that you realize that Luke just won and saved Vader. Yeah, and, and Vader has been redeemed. And if you watch that scene without the music... It loses all impact. All impact is gone without that music. That that John Williams score is what heightens that scene and makes it something that just, even thinking about it, I get chills. I'm just like, holy crap. I, I don't want to say it loses all the impact
1: because that takes away from how well Vader's body language is shown in that scene because you sure. can see his face. So the music has to do double duty there. Because you can't see him. So the music is the only way you know what Vader is feeling other than, you know, like, is he conflicted? Is he just watching passively? What's going on? So absolutely. That's I was going to say the other day, like you're watching that scene. And that scene's story is told with its music. And I think, again, one a little bit of a tangent, but it's great when games can do that, too, by giving a unique theme to
0: a, a, a boss fight. So you didn't need Vader screaming no in the re-released edition to explain that he wanted to save his son? I still haven't seen it. I will not. Yeah, Oof. oh my god. Okay, so uh, <laughs> big surprise. I got another uh, Nobuo Uematsu track with uh, with guitars. Uh, I decided to go with Still More Fighting, or also known as Those Who Fight Further from Final Fantasy VII. Get ready, because this one just rocks your face off in the first two seconds. Attack while its yeah. tails up. It'll <laughs> counterattack. <laughs> I never understood that. Why would he tell you that? <laughs> That's horrible English.
2: Barrett's a liar.
1: <laughs> it's like a... It's like Arrested Development. I'm in love with your brother. You son of a... In-law. I should have finished that sentence. <laughs> and
0: then we have another track, Derek.
2: Yes, uh, Lufia. Oh. Lufia 2, actually. Yes. The Battle Theme 3 arrangement. This is the fight against the, the Sinistrals theme. And Lufia 2 was one of those games that when I was a kid where like all my friends were playing Final Fantasy. Also well, was I. But they were playing Final Fantasy and Shining Force and all that. But Lufia oh man, like Luffy and the Fortress of Doom was cool and then Luffy 2 was like on a whole nother level of awesome.
1: Yeah, what's and up with the music in that game? It's like amazing. It,
2: it is so good. Uh, this is composed by Yasunori Shiono and it is an arrangement of Battle Theme 3, so we've got still more fighting and Battle Theme 3 and just don't don't put your guitars away. Just keep them out for the rest of the episode. Yeah, we're gonna need it. <laughs>
0: So, my funny story with Final Fantasy Seven is uh, when my dad and I set up my PlayStation, and I remember I had to buy Final Fantasy Seven before I had my PlayStation, so I just got to sit there and do that thing where you look at the box and you read the manual over and over again for a week. You know I missed uh, that I, I, I,
1: <laughs> you know what it sucked at the time because you're like, "Oh my God, I wanna play." but then like I remember i uh, my uncle bought me Diablo Two and Lord of Destruction two separate years. While I was in Massachusetts with no computer. So I remember sitting there reading the manual for Diablo Lord of Destruction, but like a month before I could play it, being like, this looks amazing.
0: So we get the uh, the PlayStation 1 set up, and I had to replay the first three hours of the game because I didn't understand how a memory card worked. So I just got to hear this track a couple of times, which <laughs> I'm not really going to complain about. But my dad and I, when we set it up, we were using a really old TV, and we screwed up the audio inputs. And so we didn't have actual stereo sound. So when I first heard this track all I got was the guitar line. We never had the synth line on top of it, and I never even noticed that I was listening to it incorrectly until, um, I guess, when I was getting ready to go to college, I decided to replay Final Fantasy VII. I played it on my PlayStation 2 on a you know, TV from after 1992, and I just went, whoa, what is this synth line on top? And I, I know you guys disagree with me, but I actually think it works better as just the guitars now that may just be my own nostalgia, but I feel like the synth line kind of dilutes it a little bit it's not bad, but it's it's a little bit grating in the same way that like that honeybee in track that will be forever ingrained into my own personal hell uh, yeah, thanks thanks uh, <laughs> come on, that song is catchy no it's not it's awful no, it's uh, not. <laughs> and that to me was Uematsu at his worst and no. I, I, I feel I feel like that synth line is kind of like barging into something that's really special in uh, in Decisive Battle, but uh, I think that's also me being, uh, or still more fighting, sorry, but I think that's also me just being a little nostalgic for what I experienced the first time with that game.
1: No, yeah, I can appreciate that, and like, see, I, like the Advent Children version is almost all guitar, and I couldn't even recognize it. That's not a great example, because it's very heavily arranged in Advent Children, but I mean, again, it's just because I remember playing this game for the first time hearing that song and, you know, Barrett being on, like, attack while the tail's up, it'll counterattack. And I'm like, all right, I'll hit the tail. And then, you know, getting killed. And, you know, I just, I remember that the whole track just being like, this is so unlike anything I've heard because I'm playing it. And up to that point, the RPGs I have played have been like Shining Force, Fantasy Star. So Fantasy Star had a pretty rocking, rock-heavy soundtrack, but I'm like, wow, this is nuts. This is like a real guitar. It wasn't, but, you know.
0: There's also a it, there's a weird quality with the track too, where it doesn't fit every boss fight in the game. It kind of fits with the uh, with the technology boss fights or the boss fights against the the scorpion or kind of like the. I feel like it has a mechanized quality to it. And so when you're fighting a dude that has like this magical pistol and he's dancing around in a fat jumpsuit, like it's kind of wait. It, it, it when you're um uh where, where is it? You're in Sid's hometown. Sid's yeah. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. So they're, like they're, they come to be like, no, you no can take rocket.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. There, the track doesn't work quite as well. So I, I feel like this is. It, I love this song, and, w- and whenever it comes on, whenever I'm like listening to it in the car or something, like I swear to God, I speed up about 15 miles. But uh, it doesn't work everywhere. It it really fits with the Midgar areas of Final Fantasy VII, and I don't think it works so much when you're in, like, an open field fighting, like, a giant snake.
3: Yeah, like, it, fits, there it doesn't
0: work. It fits better with the Shinra stuff than the, yeah. the Sephiroth related business. Agreed.
2: And then, I guess, again, Steven blocked things really well because Battle Theme 3 Arranged is another, like, super guitar track, and Robin, I you hadn't heard that before. That song pumps me up. And it's, this ca- in this case, it's less of, like, Oh, I'm thinking about a story or something emotional that's happening. I just hear it, and I'm like, "Yes,
1: yeah!" Like so. I've never, I've only played like the first two dungeons of Lufia Two on Super Nintendo. I beat the horrible DS version, which was like an action, a clunky action RPG. But the remix, the music remixes were so great. So it's like, wow, I'm yeah, going to keep playing this game, even though it's not very good. If you're if you if
2: anybody listening is a fan of Lufia one and two and you haven't played the DS one, don't because all they do is don't. they just turn all of the characters into really, really bad anime tropes and screw up the story. And it's like it's not even fun. It's it's honestly it's
1: like an affront. It offended me. <laughs> Except for the music. The music was awesome. But
2: the, the music is good. Just listen to the soundtrack.
1: Yeah. Like, I, I don't I don't even remember the plot of the game. I just remember just. We're,
0: we'll hear it again later, but just
1: the, that and the, the the boss theme are just totally sick.
0: I yeah, yes. really liked it. Really, really liked it. It's got a good tempo to it. It's got that real in-your-face quality that I'm looking for with a boss battle uh, with boss battle music. I really like it. Yeah,
1: I think that you run into the same thing there, where some tracks you need this, the context, but this one I, I really don't think you do, because the context, at least of the remix, is not very good. Correct. So for our next set of tracks, Rob and I did a little picking. Uh, I picked one that is a total 180 from what we've been listening to this is prisoners of fate from chrono cross which i will insist that you listen to chrono cross constantly because it is amazing this track plays at one of the most important scenes in the game oh coolest boss fights you've got a, the background is the bell destroyed from chrono trigger you've got your father's friend who oh, oh it's so good uh yeah so prisoners of fate from chrono cross and then what did you pick rob
0: i picked uh i'll face myself from persona 4 which Woo! uh you know you couldn't ask for a better title because you're talking about people that are facing their inner demons and you're helping them through and this this hey guess what guys it's got guitar but it's got a, a real slow burn to it and then it picks up nicely and then it trails back off it's got like this ebb and flow to the battle that i think really fits with that uh persona fighting system absolutely
1: So we got coming up is Prisoners of Fate from Chrono Cross and I'll Face Myself Battle from Persona 4. Prisoners of Fate is amazing. What really – I think a lot of people don't like Chrono Cross. And again, as I usually say, I understand. You guys are wrong. It's no big deal. And the reason this song is so powerful is because, A, it works on two levels. It's called Prisoners of Fate. It's working both with the character Fate in Chrono Cross and the fact that the game is basically telling you, hey, remember that happy-go-lucky adventure you had on Super Nintendo? There are consequences to changing the future. You've destroyed an entire. This is an entire splinter of reality that no longer exists. Hundreds of universes don't exist anymore because of what you did. And you're looking. You're fighting McGill, and in the background is the is a cracked Leans Bell or um, Nadia's Bell,
0: and it's just like man. It's a the the Dead Sea in Chrono Cross still sticks out in my mind as being like one of the first times ever a video game really impacted like melancholy on me, where I was just like, oh dear. God, you're like, like, uh uh-oh. It's got a very disturbing atmosphere to it, and it's like you're moving around this environment that isn't supposed to exist anymore. And it's really it's mournful. And when you get to Miguel, it's like you are you're sealing this place. You're you're dealing with the ramifications of your actions, and you hear that in the track and how you know there's sorrow built in there. It almost it almost feels like a funeral march in a way.
1: He even points out, he's like, well, I don't want to fight, but this is how it has to go, and it's just. I really like that's that's what I love about Chrono Cross overall is that it challenges you to say yeah, Chrono Trigger was a great story, you, you you travel through time, you save the world, you you know, you save the future, but you also eliminated an entire future by doing that. And I just I love that the game had the gall to go back and, and challenge, you know, when you you were probably young you were definitely younger when you played Chrono Cross for the first time or Chrono Trigger. So it's like, yeah, you were a little kid, everything was clean and happy but now you're a little older and you're realizing
0: that your actions have consequences just brilliant yeah great track probably one of the best Ugh, that whole soundtrack can we please do a whole episode with chrono cross i keep asking and I'm, i've been told no by okay by the gods of good podcasting yeah, okay <laughs> well that just means what we'll to include chrono cross in every every podcast you guys do so i'm, uh, I'm working on it So I had to go to my standby for probably the – you know what? As I sit here and think more and more about it, it's probably the best JRPG I've ever played. Uh, Persona 4, Mm, just these awesome – this awesome boss battle music, which is just so like – it's in your face, but you don't lose sight of what's going on. Like it's not you versus a giant mechanized scorpion. It's you versus somebody that has to deal with something in most cases, somebody that's dealing with their personal inner demons. And much the same way as I think uh, Prisoners of Fate mirrors this sort of sorrowful and very personal tale. No matter how crazy I'll Face Myself gets and how intense it gets with the guitar, it never loses sight of the fact that this is about you fighting something that isn't just you know, out to kill you. It feels like it's this battle of wills inside of somebody where it starts off very low tempo, then it builds up really quickly with the guitars, and it gets faster and faster and faster, and then it dips down again. And I I think that's really important, and that plays up the fact that this is very much a game about personal storylines and personal redemption. Absolutely. I, I think that's an excellent breakdown of it. It's It really doesn't
1: the, – the song works on multiple levels because you really are – like you're having a physical fight with something but you're also the character is having a mental battle so it's just i think this suits that so well and just you, you've said it much better than i could yeah I, I it's, think a, it's a
2: war on it's a war on two fronts and it very effectively describes both of those battles
1: and so they they did a remix album called nevermore reincarnation or persona Four. i can't remember the title exactly but it's like live performances of a lot of tracks and they included a few of the tracks in golden so there's a late-game boss fight where it plays a live version of I'll Face Myself, and it's amazing. Because it's yeah. like they get a real piano in there, like, hitting the keys. And stuff. Oh, yeah, fantastic song. Fantastic game. I, I've I've spoken to death about Persona 4, and yeah. it could go on at great length. But, yeah, amazing. So,
2: up next, we've got... Uh, I picked Vacant Interference from 7 I know this one! Seven. Yeah, it's a Falcom thing, Steven knows. And this isn't the end of my Falcom love for the episode, so... I'm going to keep on representing them because I love them forever, and I feel like more people should play the Falcom games. So, "Vacant Interference" was the first song uh, that I remember hearing oh, that had to do with E7. I think it was in the first English trailer for it. So, uh, it's it's one of the boss. Th- it's like
1: the main boss theme in the game. Yeah, and cool. then,
2: and then after that,
1: I picked a track. Now, I'm a big fan of picking black sheeps of the series because, like Fantasy Star Three, that game actually has decent music. I picked a track from Shadow Hearts from the New World because that game has totally awesome music. Throughout the series, you have kind of Yoshitaka Hirota. In the first one, it's very dark and kind of brooding music. And then the second one, you're getting a slightly more, like, tribal element introduced in there. And it's more... It has evolved. And by the time you reach Shadow Hearts 3, just like the tones of the game, you have this real, like, raw, tribal, just kind of primal quality to the music. And this is the battle theme that... uh, The second half of the game takes place in South America. And... This is the battle theme. It replaces the main battle theme with a different song, which is the same thing Shadow Hearts 1 and 2 did. So we have coming up Vacant Interference from Yee 7 and Electric Hallucinations from Shadow Hearts from The New World. mysterious it's as though we've passed through a time gate it's like we recorded the first half of the show in the past and we've moved forward to the future and now instead of Rob not being married he's married and instead of us not having gone to E3 it's been a fantastic E3 and we're in the future and oh it's desolate it's destroyed oh this is horrible Oh, wait, no, it's perfectly fine. And we have more boss music. This is just our way of giving you a little disclaimer that we recorded the first and second half of the show at different times. And in this particular case, half of the time was before E3 and half of it was after. So please just keep that in mind if there are any temporal distortions that you take notice of in this particular part of the episode.
2: Calm, always with that violin and guitar. That's one of the most immediately catchy East themes, I think. It's got such a strong melody that really hooks you right away, whereas a lot of the music in East games, it's very guitar-heavy, and it's really, uh, like, rollicking, really, really fast, and a lot of the times you can't really pick out, like, a super distinct melody because it's just like... <sutters> but this time, you you got, like, the guitar that really makes the melody stand out, and that's why I like that song so much.
1: I like the violin in it, Although I do have to admit, I I had kind of a hard time sort of differentiating it from other Yee's music. But again, that could just be that I am a a Falcom plebeian. What a noob.
0: I I guess it, it didn't stand out. A lot for me. I mean, I I definitely liked it. It was kind of a cool, cool track. It was something that I would enjoy listening to. I think, again, like we've been talking about during the whole show, it really depends on what is the action like during the scene. It's not something that I I really associate with anything. I'm finding that most of these tracks, if I don't have a memory to associate to them, I can kind of just bounce my head to it like, yeah, okay, that's pretty cool. And then I kind of can't take it anywhere further than that. It's got to have like a strong memory for me.
1: Yeah, I think that's. I think that can be true for a lot of tracks, I, especially for me in terms of Falcom, because I know they're incredibly well-beloved, and I think if maybe I had gotten more into their games, I, I would be able to, I don't know, hook into it more. But in this case, I basically can say it's well-produced, I like the sound of it, but it's not something I would go, like, immediately jump to. Yeah,
2: and the thing about E7, actually, is I think that it has some of the weaker, like, actual boss fights in the series uh the bosses aren't as memorable because one of the main like motifs in E7 is there's the five dragons of Altago. So predictably you fight the five dragons of Altago. And so it's like, oh, I'm fighting the earth dragon. Now I'm going to fight the thunder dragon. I don't remember what the elements were, but it's kind of like it was like really like you've already knocked you've already basically knocked out five bosses as being the elemental dragons. And so I wasn't as excited about reaching each one whereas in a game like East Origin every boss was interesting unique like i didn't know what to expect before i got to that boss and so the boss That's theme was a little bit more exciting
1: the fire boss was madness in e's origin
2: yeah see mm-hmm. those are really cool and and i mean the, the bosses in e7 are still you know well designed it's just they're not as exciting and memorable like i i could not tell you what each dragon yeah. did other than i'm sure the wind dragon threw wind at me it's <laughs> but but the the song is good
0: ate <laughs> all in the blustery day yeah Exactly. Eat wind. Eat, taste uh, did, the wind blade of fury. Did another one fire heart at you, and maybe
2: water, fire, no, but, earth? But I, maybe? I bet one of them was like, "Now bear my arctic blast." <laughs> What's that from? Shining Force. <laughs> Shining Force three.
1: Oh, that's that's why. Oh I, my
2: god, have you ever been to audioatrocities dot com? No, is Shining Force three heavily featured?
1: Yes. That <laughs> <So laughs> like game did Deep have Fear. voice
2: acting. I remember that now. Deep here on sega cd that's another good one.
1: Oh lord i'm sure every sega game could appear on there especially shining oh, it was shining force neo oh my god that game had bad voice acting yeah i think that's on there so the second track i loved i love shadow hearts music and i think i picked this one because as the shadow heart series went on the music got more and more kind of like raw and non-traditional i guess and that is that the bass, it has this like dark kind of like Tri- like tribalistic brutal sound to it that I just love. It it's the second half of the game when you go to South America. So it fits. You're like in Chichen Itza fighting all these bo- these like, you know, like tribal bad guys and stuff and you got that playing and I totally dig it. I fully
2: support the use of the word raw to describe the music in Shadow Hearts because all of that music is so it's it's really raw. visceral and brutal like the electrical distortion kind of harmony that's going on. It's not like really deliberately, you know, there's not a, a very distinct melody so much as there is just like nasty noise. But I mean, it's it's well put together. I'm, I'm not trying to say that the, the composer did a poor job, but it's very primal instead of being sophisticated or together, which fits the theme of Shadow Hearts perfectly, even though From the New World was a little bit more comical. It yeah. still had its dark bits.
0: <laughs> like, like the giant cat man. Yeah. Mao, right?
1: Yeah. How'd you feel, Rob?
0: I really liked it. Uh, it got my butt wiggling in my seat. Quite a bit, like I was kind of like bobbing my head to it. I Stephen was saying that I was really going to enjoy it, and then I started listening to it, and I went, Oh, oh, I do like that, and once again, I realized i i really have no excuse for not playing shadow hearts especially with this summer and i have all this
1: time yeah like you can't you can't use the
0: i'm getting married excuse anymore in like a week you are that excuse is out the window i i know i know but still uh the problem is i started reading a lot of really good books this summer but uh no i i really do want to get to it i have both games on my pile of shane and i just need to get to them but that that track got me uh got my butt wiggling if that says anything
1: well, it says that you got your butt wiggling, and I'm sure that's the first time we've said it on a show.
0: I, I would agree.
1: <laughs> now I'm just going to be thinking about Rob's butt wiggling. Excellent. Wouldn't uh, be the first time. Thanks. <laughs> on that note, uh, we're going to move on. Uh, so the next section, I picked a few tracks. Our illustrious listeners came out in droves after Derek promised to bribe them by shouting out to them, which will come later. However, some of you guys sent in submissions, which is totally awesome. So I wanted to get a few of them. I apologize I couldn't get everybody because there was, this was already a very well-packed. Show So I was only able to get three, but I promise if I didn't get you this time, we'll get you next time. So coming up next, we have the uh, second battle theme from Luffy on DS, which is arranged from the original. and That's by Yasunori Shiono, and Monsoon sent that one in. Then we have a track that I think is totally off. Well, I I like the first one too, but uh, Force Your Way from Final Fantasy VIII, totally sick boss theme. That's by Uematsu, and that was Holy Kale 1 that sent that in. And then I'm guessing it's KOF versus Capcom, so I'm guessing it's King of Fighters versus Capcom. So, he said include Dark Cloud 2, the boss theme, and I'm sorry, I didn't include that, but I included Dark Cloud 2 at your behest. I picked the track Sun, which is not the final boss theme, but it's a boss theme that plays very late in the game, and I think it's really different sounding and really kind of draws attention to the, what is it, the variety of different kinds of music you can hear in Dark Cloud 2. So, let's go ahead and take a listen to those before we talk anymore. It's Battle Theme 2 from Luffy, a Curse of the Sinistrals, Force Your Way from Final Fantasy VIII, and Sun from Dark Cloud 2. I love the Lufia 2 battle theme. It's... No, that, that, that trumpet sticks out. Rob's a great impressionist of the trumpet. It, it sounds great, and I, I like the original Lufia 2. Like, it was a pretty cool game. It was a turn-based RPG back in the day. The remake was awful, but the music was so good. It I, was. It, so Both of those
2: things are true. Remake was awful, music was great. You don't yeah. hear trumpet a lot in uh, video game music, I don't think. Unless it's like a palace or something, like now announcing king derpty derp
3: <laughs>
2: whenever I, whenever i say derp you can go ahead and, like i want to be saying words that aren't appropriate for this show but i'll <laughs> just say derp but anyway yeah so trumpets that cool cool departure um interesting arrangement of that song and i still like it rob remarked that uh it sounded like like an anime showdown kind of thing
1: absolutely
0: yeah I, I was kind of uh oh god i'm gonna I can't believe I'm going to do this and out that I used to watch this anime. It really kind of reminded me of Revolutionary Girl Utena in a way, like Mm -hmm. very like high energy, like it was up there.
1: I I think the period of time that the song was originally written definitely is probably where that was drawn from because it
0: was originally written in the 90s. anime, yeah, 90s anime greatness.
1: Yeah, like 90s animes, they all had that real catchy hook and that kind of like very fluffy kind of melody to it that was easy to get into, like the Slayers theme. I've never seen that show, but man, that theme song is cool. Uh, yeah, but that's also... It's Megumi Hayashibara, and she's awesome. Yeah, she is. I could spell her name in Japanese, too. Digression. Force Your Way. I love the Final Fantasy VIII soundtrack much more than I love the game. I mean, I I don't hate the game. I know Rob is not a big fan of Final Fantasy VIII, but I think the music in eight is some of my favorite in the series, and absolutely, I like it even better than Nine's soundtrack. Whoa! I, I do. Whoa. I, I love nine soundtrack, but Final Fantasy VIII has so many good songs in it. Like Laguna's Battle Theme squall's battle theme the victory theme the world map song the airship song the song it plays in your fighting uh ultimation the first time the song it plays in your fighting griever there are so many memorable songs in that game that are just awesome that make me remember moments in the game and which is good because the plot i can barely remember and i'm like all right i have these sort of <laughs> these touching off points that i remember because oh the song there was cool i don't remember what the hell was going on i'm like oh yeah compression of time awesome song i still
0: don't know what was actually happening
1: but it was cool
0: uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I like I do like the boss theme for Final Fantasy VIII way, way more than the regular battle theme. I, I hate the regular battle theme for that game. I, I find it grating. I actually don't like most of the music in Final Fantasy Eight. I said on my PSN review that there's a lot of really like nasty twangs in in the songs, like the the world theater that like ding dong 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 don like I, I do can't... I do know what you're talking about. I, I like that though, but I, I know what you're talking about. It it just sounds like somebody's just taking like a, a, a some kind of string instrument and just plucking the living hell out of it, and I can't stand it. That's what you do with stringed instruments, Rob. But they're really plucking it, and they're plucking it wrong. But I like the boss thing. <laughs> You're plucking it wrong. You're plucking it <laughs> wrong. That <laughs> should be the tagline. That should be the tagline. Uh,. I do like the boss theme here, though, but I, I was telling the guys while we were listening to it, it, it's funny, playing, replaying Final Fantasy VIII, I prefer all of Laguna's stuff, including music, over everything else going on in that game, and so I, I would have preferred to have some Laguna music in there, but overall, I think that this is a good, solid track and good boss music, and I, I do kind of agree on the Final Fantasy IX knock, I, I don't like the battle theme in that game, because it just takes too long to get started, and I can't remember any of the boss themes except for well, uh, so d- Kuja. So- so yeah, do the, Kruja so Kruja do the battles in nine, they take a while to get started because yeah, exactly. Because uh, we got to animate everything. It's not Chrono Cross where we just immediately start up. So
1: yeah, but Chrono Cross's battle theme is a little iffy. I love no, Chrono true. Cross and the music, but it's not the strongest point of the game. No, that's true. That's mm-hmm. true.
0: But overall, I mean, uh, Final Fantasy 8, This is a good pick from that soundtrack. Definitely good.
2: Yeah, the only, I was just going to say, Stephen was saying that he relates this theme to specific moments in the story. And for me, it's not so much moments in the story as it is, like, the start of battle animations. Like, like, like Squall swings his gun Squall blade. Squall slashes, like, yeah, Kistis. Is it Kistis? I, yeah. I've never understood I always, it. Said, like, I always
1: said Kistis. So did I. It, it, it's Kistis because they go, well, you say in French it's key, I think. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. In Spanish. And so, or like, but Kistis yeah. cracking That's her funny. whip and having an unpronounceable name. And Zell, like, psyching up and punching his... You know, punching himself in the fist.
0: Yeah, what's funny about that game too is that I, I think the animation system is one of the reasons why the the battles in eight are so slow. Is because like when when you tell Squall to ready an attack, he lifts his sword up to his oh, shoulder, yeah. and you'll actually see if you're playing the active time battle and you're you're on wait, it'll actually stop while he puts the sword up, and then when he runs in, it'll keep stopped, and it, it really slows the battles down to the a very aggressive point to where I, I, that's one of the reasons i love playing final fantasy 7 because the battles are over in about seven seconds
2: yeah it was very much an attempt to go more cinematic with their animations yeah. and that came at the expense of the speed of combat because yeah, you're I, absolutely right like seven like seven is so replayable just because battles are just like you hit
1: attack and it's literally like yeah it's like final I, fantasy 6 because the, the attack animations are literally still those like little swirlies and slash marks from the older ones, like the holdover. Yeah. Although I guess so, 8, 8 has those too, in addition to that. Yeah, 8 definitely went for a more cinematic, especially in the music too. Mm-hmm. And then Dark Cloud 2 has awesome music. I think this is a re- really good evidence. Sun is really great evidence of the kind of like breadth of the different kinds of music you can hear in that game. It's unfortunate that all the boss themes are hilariously, mind-numbingly easy, because you hear this song for a total of maybe 30 seconds. Like you hit the- If you've been spending any time at all building up your badass wrenches and swords, you can take this boss out in, like, 30 seconds. Womp womp.
2: Yeah, I wasn't... I don't remember any of the music from Dark Cloud 2. I remember playing the game a lot, but not the music. And this, this song, actually, I didn't care for it all that much. It was very, like, Western, uh, which isn't bad. It just it it felt a little generic to me, but Rob liked it more. Stop typing! Hey, Typing McTyperson! I'm sorry, 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 sorry. I forget that you can hear that sometimes. Yeah, do you have anything to say about this, or are you just going to write a paper?
0: Uh, I don't know. It, it, planning your wedding? He's writing uh, his vows. It, it sounded very medieval to me, uh, at the risk of saying it sounds like Dark Souls. <laughs> no, I agree. Uh,
1: I think uh, that, that that vocal definitely gave it a Dark Soulsy vibe.
0: Yeah, it, it's got like that high, high fantasy vibe. It feels like I should be in a castle swinging a sword, which is surprising, because when I see Dark Cloud 2, it's got that very steampunk angle. Yeah,
1: uh, this one actually does play outside of a castle, so there we go. It's a dark cloud anime pink castle, but it's a castle nonetheless. But it's yeah. still a castle, it still counts.
2: All right, so next block of tracks. Block uh, each of each of us picked one for this block. I went to Wild Arms 5 and this is a track composed by Noriyasu Agematsu. It's Terrible Monster Attacking Crew and it's the boss <laughs> theme. <laughs> it is kind of an Englishy title.
1: I love it. Terrible how... Monster Attacking Crew. <laughs> no, all the Wild Arms tracks, like <laughs> except for maybe the first one, are like super Englishy because they went with direct like dead on direct translation. S- super fi- smile family wish show. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And I picked this track because um it's really high energy and it's an interesting departure from the stuff that in Wild Arms 1, 2 and 3 there was a lot of the very heavy like Wild West influence. With the whistle. Like the whistle was the iconic part of Wild Arms music. And four and five departed from that. Five went back to the Wild West a lot more. But this is one of those songs that it combines. It's like a cool fusion of the old whistle stuff. And then the new sort of more like electronic sounds, super rocky stuff.
1: Yeah, so I like that a lot. So we got that. And then I picked Decisive Battle from Devil Summoner 2. The Shin Megami game. Because we got to get more Shoji Maguro up in here. And because that song is glorious. It's totally in keeping with the total, with the aesthetic of the game, and it's awesome. And then Rob?
0: I picked uh, Festival of Servants from Castlevania Symphony of the Night, because nothing stands out for me in that game more than the doppelganger fight, when that dude came out and the guitar starts up and you are fighting yourself, and it's awesome. Yes. Such a cool fight. (laughs) terribly easy but very cool Yeah,
1: you know, that's the yeah. that's the gist of the entire game you can kill dracula <laughs> by walking into him with a shield yeah. <laughs> all right so, so we got so yeah we
2: go to uh the wild west to rural japan and to the darkest depths of dracula's castle I guess I'm bad at remembering what tracks I picked because I was confusing Terrible Monster Attacking Crew with the standard battle theme that actually has that whistle in it. So I guess uh, you can disregard what I said because I'm a liar. But Terrible Monster Attacking Crew is still a cool song. And instead of uh, whistle... To you. It's still cool, though. It's like, you know, everything went better than I expected, right? Yeah. So it has piano instead of whistle. But I really like the... How do I even describe it? Like the part where it just goes like... dun 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 yeah, it's, it's very exciting. I yeah,
1: I, I like I really love the piano in that. I, I love all the Wild Arms music, though. Five I haven't beaten. It's the only one I haven't beaten, and I keep seeing it on Amazon. In fact, let's see how much it is right now, because... It's
2: kind I, of too long, like, it... Because Wild Arms 4 is, is really short, uh, and I actually... I think that it works really well, uh, because it's very, like, focused, and... But Wild Arms 5, it just... I felt like that game was going on and on and on, and... The when you get near the end of the game, I, not really a spoiler, I guess, but each of the major villains has like their own very, very similar dungeon that you have to go through and then battle that villain at the end. And I was just like, oh, my God. But there were still cool music. Like I remember a lot of they I think they all had their own unique boss themes. Yeah, uh,
1: they, they, they were cool about
2: doing that. But this is just the one that that we just played was just the standard boss theme. But it's funny because when I when I hear that, like I have a lot of audio visual correlations so like when I hear that song start up the very like just like with Final Fantasy 8 with the animations in the beginning I see like the hexes spreading
0: out in my mind oh yeah
2: it's a cool song
0: yeah I, I liked it I mean it definitely it struck me as Wild Arms even though I didn't hear whistling everywhere definitely had that Wild Arms feel about it yeah they kind of they definitely have a, a thing for Wild Arms at this point because if you listen to Wild Arms
1: Crossfire it has a very similar sound because it's a lot of, I think it's almost all the same composers and then Decisive Battle from Devil Summoner 2 is just awesome. I, yeah. I, I don't know what else to say. Like, it has that slow build-up, but when you get to that wah, 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 wah part,
2: oh, it's just... Mm-hmm. That's it's, classic Meguru. and I haven't listened, I haven't even listened, I, like, I just listened to that for the first time right now during the podcast, because my copy of Devil Summoner 2 is still sealed
1: on my shelf. I have a Japanese copy that I bought in Japan, <laughs> and I have never beaten yeah. it, but it really, it fits, there's, like, a, a slightly a, I guess, like a jazzy, kind of tone to the whole game because yeah. of the period it takes place in. And I think this kind of combines that really rock and Meguro sound with the sort of like the syn the, the the I don't know what you would call it, the oral stylings of a more jazzy song. And it, it really suits the game well, especially for like the pace and the flow of battle. It's super duplicated. Yeah. Difficult. And you can hear
2: you can hear where he got like you can hear his how how closely that game came out to Persona Four. Like he used a lot of that similar instrumentation Yeah, Um, the the very like the interesting combination of like low and high energy with I don't don't know jazzy feel, cool cool instruments, cool synth. Rob, Rob, what are your thoughts? Are you typing an essay again? Say you love it. I'm
0: typing an essay again. I love it. I love it. Definitely liked it. Don't have any experience with the Devil Survivor games, but I definitely liked what I heard there. Devil Summoner. I'm sorry, Devil Survivor, Devil Summoner. Okay, you know what? Right. They got like a million of them What am I supposed to do?
1: They do. I. I didn't really love the Devil Summoner games, but Devil Survivor is amazing. Mm-hmm. We, we need to get uh, reset on here when we do an intro yeah. podcast because Reset is amazing and Haru is super cool too.
2: Oh yeah, and there's cool music from Devil Survivor too. Also, so Rob, what, did, what your track? How, how did you feel about it?
0: Well, God Symphony of the Night. I, I really can't say enough good things about it. Uh, I, I just absolutely adore that game. I Adore that soundtrack. It's just so like, I, again, guitars everywhere and it fits with so many memories that I have. Uh, th- that first fight against the Doppelganger, spoilers, I know, I think it's what, the second boss fight in the game, and so this thing just comes out of this portal and it's you, and it's like, oh dear. And you barely have enough time to realize what's going on before this track starts up and it's just in your face, guitars, you know, you're, you're going around fighting this thing that has the exact same skill set as you, and I, I don't think we have enough of that when it comes to boss fights in general. I think it, it It comes down to you versus an adversary that either has a pattern or a certain way of doing things. The real big boss fights that stand out for me are boss fights against similarly powered characters. Like the final
1: boss fight in DMC, which is badass.
0: Yeah, no, I really liked that. And I I can't talk about the Metal Gear series, but the Metal Gear boss fights always stand up. Because especially in 3, a fair number of the boss fights are you against a similar skill set character, including the final boss fight of the whole game. And so, Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. I think that
1: ties in with the music really well, too, because, like, again, not not quite an RPG, but still a boss theme, but, like, the major boss themes in, like, a Metal Gear game, when you have a, a similar skill set, the two people are on an even footing, and then you have a song that's really well suited to the personality of the characters, it really does pull you into it, and I think you do get the same thing with, well, to be honest, I think all three of these tracks, too, because they're all very tied into the style of game they are, like, Wild Arms 5 has a very quick pace for a turn-based game, which... Well, all right, by Wildarm standards. And then, like, Decisive Battle really does... I don't know where I'm going with this. I think they're cool. <laughs> I had a, I had an a, a overarching point. I, you had a I, unifying theory, and you just okay. failed. I, I like
2: it. I like what you mentioned, though, about the similar skill set characters. And
1: it's easy for me to
2: relate it back to East, like I always do. Because in East, uh, there's a big okay. just, juxtaposition between, like, you're either fighting overwhelmingly gigantic enemies, or you're fighting, like, one person that's exactly the same size as you. That has their own skill set. And they're, those are usually harder than the mm-hmm. giant bosses. And I think that's awesome. And it makes me kind of wish there was like an East fighting game. Like, I don't know, East versus Kiseki.
1: That's sort of where I get actually like a lot of my favorite Which, boss fights are when you're fighting like a just another person. Like that's what Kingdom Hearts 2 did right with its final boss fight and most of its secret boss fights. That's what a, a lot of RPGs tend to get right nowadays is just when it's you like... The the fight in Twilight Princess with the other sword guy, like late in the game before you fight super bad guy, you fight the the knight with the sword that's in all the other Zeldas, and uh-huh. it's just like a total like it's a sword fight, and that's that's more compelling because it's more immediate. Like whereas when you have with like Kingdom Hearts one, you have your giant flying devil house who can shoot three planets and a meteor at you, and you're like, all right, I'm gonna hit you with my key.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Hit everything with your key.
1: So. Moving on to our next block, we are really heating up here with one of my all-time favorite boss themes from a game that I still haven't beaten, but I will. I picked Master of Shadow from Persona 3, also by Shoji Maguro, because I just love him to bunches. This song has such a different sound to it. That's what I love about all of the different games that Maguro has done, is that they're all so readily identifiable to the game they appeared in because of how tightly... uh, no, the, the musical equivalent of plotted. They're all very, very consistent with one another. And this game is just Persona 3 all over, or this track is Persona 3 all over.
2: Yes. And I picked Scars of the Divine Wing from East Origin. It's another Sound Team JDK song. Nobody is surprised. This is the game that made me go from a, a fan of East, somebody who enjoyed the previous games, Oath and Telgana 7, um, that I had played, Ark Pitched Him, And then I played this one and I was like, I'm in, I'm in falcom for life so scars of the divine wing as like the standard boss theme for me origin and rob and then
0: i decided to go with you will know our names from xenoblade chronicles uh we, we talked a little bit before about 90s sounding anime and i think this is right up there with it and oh yeah first time this came on i was like yeah i'm fighting something bigger than a giant planet i love it this is great And it just it it sticks out as just that really fun battle theme and it it continues that uh, dynamic nature that's in that amazing Wii game that everybody needs to play. Oh, my God. Did you see the trailer for the new thing at E3? It looks super duper cool.
1: (laughs) We're going to talk about that tomorrow, though, in the E3 podcast because I don't want to I don't want to burn out my uh, my comments on it. (laughs) Woohoo. But, anyways, we got coming up Master of Shadow, Persona 3, Scars of the Divine Wing, He's Origin, and you will know our names, or those who bear the name, depending on the version of translation you have, from Xenoblade Chronicles. I know, Rob. You were saying you don't really care for Master of Shadow because it sounds silly. I, I I disagree. I think it sounds like dark and gritty and just it's it's why Persona Three tonally is so different from Four. Is Three has this very dark kind of bleak feel to it, whereas Four is very upbeat and
0: everyone's happy and you know the the power of friendship and whatever. I wouldn't say it's friendship is magic, but no, I I agree with you that uh, Persona 3 is definitely darker. It's got a little bit more of that emo goth kid eyeliner vibe, and that's fine. And um, uh, it's not a bad track. I guess I just don't see it as boss music. It, it sounds like a moody like undercurrent when you know the evil villain is like twisting his mustache while he's like I don't know killing your girlfriend or something. But it doesn't it doesn't fit the boss vibe for me. But it's it's still a cool track, and it feels it feels gnarly. It feels uh, sticky. For lack of a different word, like there, there's like evil like coursing on the ground or something, and it's like mm-hmm. you know going, yes. yeah. That's what I love about it, though, man. That's why it fits so well because you're fighting, and it's just like all right,
1: throw down time. Like that song just immediately makes me think of Persona Three. Like playing it, I like the battle theme, I like the sub boss themes, I like the the battle themes for parts I haven't gotten to yet. But that song, I'm just like, oh yeah, see, it's it's killing time.
2: I like Master of Shadow, but I think if you would have gotten farther in the game, you probably would have picked Unavoidable Battle instead. Well, I, I like have that you song. Have you
1: heard it? Yeah, no, I've heard it. I, I I've heard it in game, and I do like it. Uh, I just I love Unavoidable Battle. I don't know Master of Shadow. Just it it is the Persona 3 song that I but come to every time. You can't than- go wrong, really. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah it's a great soundtrack overall if we were going to play mass destruction i would demonstrate that i know the entire song the lyrics perfectly yeah which is I, wonderful because when you can sing along with the persona battle theme you're just rocking and then you get killed yep. but that's irrelevant yeah that was good E's origin that's the Ease Ease game that i've beaten i like Yay! that song that that song sounded awesome but did you beat it three times i did beat it three times i reviewed it and i had to oh you
2: did that's right
1: yeah, the the dude, I, I picked the dude first, and he was not what I expected, and then the girl wasn't what I expected, and then the third character was awesome, so... Yeah, I enjoyed, I probably enjoyed playing as a third character the
2: most, also. He's definitely, like, the, the most high-risk, high-reward of the three, and that's what, I like that East Origin did that, like, it, you went through the same areas, but the story was, de- I mean, it's definitely, like, a little bit more repetitive than I would usually go for, but I like how skill based that game is that i didn't really care i felt like i was always like one upping my previous uh I, not score like accomplishment or whatever because i i beat that game I, one of my three playthroughs full disclosure i beat on hard which is rare for me because i play everything on normal whereas steven does like very hard always but this song this song is like the harder the game the harder you turn the difficulty up the more fitting this song is Because it's fast-paced to begin with, but after a minute, it gets, like, deliciously, insanely frantic.
1: And on hard mode, some of
2: the bosses can literally, like, three-shot you. They're super hard, and... Like the violence starts going crazy, which I
0: love. I, I was gonna say it sounded like final boss music to me, which was very surprising. Like th- this is to me, this feels like the type of track that you reserve for like the you know holy s moment. Uh, you know, this is the big bad, and we're gonna we're gonna duke it out. So it's kind of awesome that this track is so so nuts and intense, and it's regular boss music. I really like that.
1: Yeah, I I still really think you should play Yee's Origin because even if you don't like other games in the series, which I don't think you've played any of them, Origin is right up your alley because there's no BS in that game. It's just straight up, really fast paced, super tight combat that it doesn't cheat, it's not cheap. It's just I-, I reviewed it, I didn't I didn't think it was incredible because it's it can be exhausting because there's no town, so it's literally just you finish a boss, you go right into the next level. So it, it's it's a little more action y and it can almost get exhausting, but the action is really tight. So it's great, all so- skill. It's, there's no, there's yeah. no, like, oh my god, he pulled out a cheap move, or, like. There's no, oh, the animation screwed me, because the animations are all instantaneous, so it's, I'm yeah. seriously amazed you haven't, bl- I should just buy it for you and make you play it. I, I got too many other games, we disagreed I have to play all the Shadow Hearts games, except
0: for mm-hmm. 3, right? Sure. No, no, definitely play 3. 3 is uh,
1: good.
2: Yeah, play uh, 3, we just listened to a song from 3.
0: That's true, that's true. Uh, so speaking of games with skill, hey guys. You Xenoblade. Knew I had to, uh, oh god, Xenoblade is just... That soundtrack... I, I would purposely seek out because this doesn't just play during bosses. This also plays for like some big monsters in the environments in Xenoblade. And I would just purposely look for stuff to kill just <laughs> so I could hear this track. Cause I love this track and it, it, the guitar up. It feels like that nineties anime, like we need to stop this. Yeah. Like just fighting. And it's just, ah, Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. even though it's... I I spent most of the game, just backstabbing people or sidestabbing or whatever yeah. it
1: was. Now I, I can't remember if they identify the harder monsters visually, but yeah, there's sure, usually
0: a big red outline of you don't want to mess with this.
1: It, hit this guy only if you are willing to throw down. Okay, yeah, but it, so I tend to not pay attention to those and just run into battle screaming and yelling and hitting things. <laughs> and, uh, so whenever this starts, I'm like, oh, crap, I, I have to pay more attention. I need to actually heal. Can you, the, can you play as anybody but Shulk in that game? Or yeah, you. you
0: can, uh, that's actually yeah. what I was just gonna ask. Is you can play as anybody you want, and all the characters play radically differently. Like yes. it is, and I, so much to the point that I at maybe like ten hours into the game, I said, you know, I'm kind of tired of Shulk, so I'm gonna try somebody else, and I just died because <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. That, I, was I, like, I really do like I that though, because like that's that's sort of why I say Xenoblade
1: got what Twelve didn't get right. Right. Like, in terms of differentiating between your characters, and you have a you have a, a more limited skill set to an extent, but every skill matters. Like, every skill yeah. is functions differently as opposed to 12, where everyone's like, oh, I got magic and I have techniques that are all useless except for one. And yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of like with, like, Shadow Hearts 2 and 3. At first you're like, oh, man, Blanca only gets five or six attacks. That's kind of lame. But then you realize all of them are effective for different things. So I I think I'd rather have sort of a more limited skill set but with those skills all having more applicability. Sort of the difference between that stupid game prototype and Infamous. Infamous's powers are all very well defined and have a purpose whereas prototype is like, yeah, uh the super mega hook shot shoot
0: helicopters down move is good for that, I guess, maybe. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And did uh, Derek? You're, you're the resident Xenoblade expert. Did you play any other character than Shulk yeah, predominantly?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, that that was one of the things that kept the game so fresh. Is because every couple of hours, I would just switch my main character and learn how to play them. And like, you know, eventually, I learned how to play all of them. And then I would I would seriously like rotate them, and I would pick specific characters to play for specific battles. I think like, I need to restart this game. Yeah, I exactly <laughs> think I need to restart
1: it. All this it's, talk about it is making me want to go back and make sure I finish it.
2: Yeah, like, like you said, they play so differently that it seriously, it f- it makes the experience completely different. Because when you're playing Shulk, like, you know, a lot of it seriously is like you're doing the slit edge on the side to lower defense, and then you backstab, and then you do some other things, and then you slit edge and backstab, and then you do other things. And, and that's okay for a while, but then you play other characters, and you're like, I'm Ryan, I actually have to draw the aggro now.
0: Yeah. Like, well...
2: like, I'm Elia, I have to pay attention to which spirits I'm summoning and then discharge them in the right I order. I could
0: not understand her at all. I felt like I was in a calculus She's exam really and I was weird. naked.
2: She's like the calculator in Final Fantasy uh, Tactics. It's like Glorious. I have no idea what's going on at first, but once you figure it out, you dominate. Like God, She
1: can, can put out crazy damage once you learn how to use her. All right, well, I hate to be the, the, uh, the party pooper, but we, we have to move some. on to our next track. We can talk more about this afterwards. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. We
0: Uh-oh. have two more tracks coming up. Rob, yours, I believe, is first. Ah, uh, so y'all know you couldn't get through a podcast with me without, uh, you know, me bringing up Dark Souls. Of course. So, and, and, and Steven screwed me because this is a boss battle one and he put the pick I would have chosen out because it is technically the last boss of the game. I still technically, think the game ends after you beat him. Yeah, but you know what? That track has a special place in my heart because it kept me from shattering my PlayStation Three while I was playing the game. So <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't pick uh, Lord Gwyn from Dark Souls, which is my number one track. So I, I had to listen through the whole soundtrack again, and I love just about every tr- every boss battle music in the entire game. But these, uh, these two, <laughs> you know, it's here. It's Orstein and Smo, and these two bastards can just go to hell i i i have had i don't think i've ever yelled this much at a game in my life and apparently steven got him on the first
1: try See, rob yells even at the games he loves no i I died once i died once and that's mostly because i walked in without any healing items but that that's that's my challenge
0: when this track starts and you realize the game just threw two bosses at you and each one would have been hard by (laughs) themselves, that's when you just know the dark souls is out to get you and you're like oh yeah i'm gonna hide behind this wall nope Nope! <laughs> so Orstein and Smo, that was my pick.
1: So after Orstein and Smo, which is a great track, we have a track from a game we've never featured on here. This is from Bravely Default Flying Fairy, which is composed by Revo, and Don from Square Enix Music Online and I both really love this soundtrack. Uh, I gave it a glowing review, and I can't wait for the game to come out here, because people are really going to dig it. Because what's cool about the soundtrack is that it's like... Revo is a rock star in Japan. He puts on these epic rock operas, and when he came into Bravely Default, he even says in his liner notes that he was really inspired growing up playing games like Final Fantasy and Chrono Trigger and stuff by Shima Moore and all these all these composers that we grew up listening to. And those influences are evident. It's almost like he went through and tried to have some sort of musical homage to all these people and all these different game soundtracks. So you can hear sounds like that sound like they're from Kingdom Hearts or Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy. And the, the last chunk of tracks is very, very Revo, like the Final Boss suite. It's like 28 minutes solid of Final Boss music is totally revo rock opera stuff but what i picked is fighting to the end which is the main boss theme in the game and what's cool about bravely default is that when you start succeeding in battle with a certain character the song switches to that character's battle theme music and it's it's super cool uh that's not relevant i just wanted to say it but this is fighting to the end the boss track from bravely default so we've got ornstein and Smo, and fighting to the end
0: So Orstein and Smoe, uh, oh god, the, these two guys, these, these two guys. We, we talked a little bit during one of the tracks about how I don't really enjoy playing games for Deadline for the website anymore. I find it to be uh – It gets very tense. It's a lot of work to get done. I I think it colors your impressions a little bit of the game. Um, I I wish I had played Xenoblade at a leisurely pace, and I I also really wish I had played Dark Souls at a leisurely pace, because when I got to Orstein and Smo, I almost reached a breaking point, because these guys are so hard, and they're at like the midpoint of Dark Souls, where once you get through these two, I actually don't think the game is very hard, except for maybe like one or two bosses after these guys, but these are the guys that basically stop people from finishing Dark Souls, and it was the first time I, I really needed to get outside help if I was going to beat them, and even to this day, when I'm playing this game again on a new game plus, if I don't see anybody that I can summon to help me with these guys, I pretty much just turn the game off, because I don't want to fight them again, because of how frustrating it is. I do not. I know, have... Steven, you're better at every game than me. No, that's okay, not, not what I was going to
1: say. I was going to say, I <laughs> I have not had as much trouble with them. I have had trouble with other bosses. Uh, but musically, I think that it, the whole Dark Souls soundtrack, it's funny to me that when I played it I didn't realize it was Motoi Sakuraba, like the Star Ocean guy and the Tails guy and the, well, most games guy. Um, but it has his sound and that, that, that vocal, that, that male choir in the background, it's totally Sakuraba. And it really does all the boss themes in Dark Souls are not something I would listen to outside of Dark Souls because they're so intense and they accompany what they like the the boss themes they go with very well, just because this sounds like oh maybe it's Ornstein and Smo that are chanting as they pound you into dust, or in my case as I pound them into dust. But I think you mentioned Lord Gwyn and that suits that fight really well too. And I think that's what the whole game soundtrack does really well is everything suits the every boss has kind of there's an experience of fighting Grave Lord Nito. There's the experience of fighting the Bell Tower gargoyles. They all have a very different feel to them, and I think they really did a great job of matching this this the oral quality of this song to the bosses that they accompany
0: yeah that the bell tower gargoyle's almost made it in it, it was between those two fights because that that is a really like okay now Dark Souls has taken the training gloves off and it's going to kick my ass. You were like oh hey I won oh there's two more oh dear and I always get caught in the fire on those guys like I I to this day will die my first time fighting those guys <laughs> because like one will land right behind me one's in front of me one will start breathing fire on me while I'm trying to dodge the other one and it's just death and then I fight him again and it's like nothing I'm able to take him out super easy.
2: Oh my Death. god, it sounds like when I go to the bar and try to
0: pick people up. <laughs> <laughs> one guy's behind you, one guy's in front of you. No, bro- that's oh after. My, my goodness. <laughs> oh Fighting my god, to the yeah. End
1: by Bravely Default wow. is a wonderful track. Rob even pointed out when we were listening to it that it, it doesn't loop. None of the tracks in that game loop, and I like that because it's... There's so much music in that game and everything is tied together so well. It's really, uh, we use this word a lot, but it's very cohesive because the the different themes throughout the game are just used over and over again. And it's just, it feels like a real progression. Like, it feels like you're listening to, like, a symphony almost with every track because you have, like, the first one where he's wailing on the guitar. Then you have that da 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 part with the piano and it just it it seems like it would fit a boss theme really well, and if Nintendo hadn't region locked the 3DS, I would know that by now. But alas, they didn't. Really cool song.
2: Yeah, and there if you like this song, and if you've heard any of the other stuff in Bravely Default, you should really go just look up like Sound Horizon and Revo because all of that stuff is so dramatic like it's it's music that tells a story you don't even have to have anything associated with it you just listen to it and you you get that like there's a narrative embedded in the music which is such a cool quality for it to have
1: yeah i mean there is also if you're list, revo the revos band Sur- sound horizon if you listen to any of like their rock operas there is a, a super deep voice guy there who's like telling the story in the background he's like imo kono wa so it sounded was, right to me. That was perfect. Yeah. Well, I said this world is wonderful, but wonderful. Yeah. What? A, uh, yeah. But, I think I think I know you're going with that. Yeah. It's it's if you like this, Revo has a very distinct style that's evident in all of his work. It's it's almost impossible to not immediately identify it. And if you're one of the, those people who doesn't want to hear this until you play Bravely Default, that's cool. But you should still go listen to it anyway because it's awesome. Yes.
2: So moving on to the final track today, aside from our guest's choice track, which I am convinced Rob hasn't even picked yet. He's going to pick it in the next five minutes. Most uh,
1: likely.
2: Yeah, we're going to listen to uh, Battle with Magus from Chrono Trigger by Yasunori Mitsuda. You asked
1: playing... for it and you got it.
2: Yes. Uh, this was actually picked by our wonderful creative director, Mike Salbato, who is a diehard Chrono Trigger fan, just like the rest of us. And uh, Steven
1: asserts that
2: you're not going to like he thinks that we've forgotten how awesome this song you have. is. You,
1: I, you, I you haven't. Forgot. You haven't played Chrono Trigger in at least a year. You forgot just how awesome this song is and why everybody loves it because it is more atmospheric than I would say almost any boss theme at that time. And then it's just like, oh, it's go time. It is, yeah. So put your uh, headphones on, crank it up, listen
2: to Battle with Magus. <laughs>
1: Your party at the end of Chrono Trigger doesn't isn't comprised of Chrono, Magus, and Frog slash Robo. Probably Robo. You've done it wrong, and you should probably go back and redo it because you're playing the game wrong. Agreed. Also, the Magus battle theme is just so awesome. Like you have the wind effect in the beginning of it, and that slow build up, and the, like when you're running up to him, there's the lights. It feels like a final boss, and it's not even the halfway point. I definitely thought it was the final boss when I got to it. Like because I had heard when I played it that it was a short game because you could play it. And I'm like, oh cool. I'm at the final boss, Magus, is bad. And I'm like, I guess maybe beating Magus will help me stop Lavos somehow. And then it's you know like,
2: what? nope. I really miss like, I mean, I mean, part of that is attributed to the fact that we were all younger. You know, we were kids playing that, and we didn't know better. Like we didn't take the time to analyze. Well, if we kill Magus, like, you know, how does that impact the overall story? So it was really neat to have that kind of thing happen where you'd be like, holy crap,
1: there's way more to the game than this. Yeah, and. Then you're like chasing Magus around, and he's lost, and he's the prophet, and he's like totally messing with you. (gasps) He's the prophet. Yeah, and then you find out what he's doing. Like, there's Rob said it best. That game has heart in every character, even Magus. Like, Magus seems like such a jerk and such a bad character, like such a a bad guy, and then you realize everything he's doing is just to save his sister. No, he wants his kitty back. Also, yes, and that's what I always took it as. (laughs) Yeah, he wants the cat back too, but. And, like, when you're in the shrine and, like, you have Robo, like, tilling the shrine and, like, every time you go out there you see him just tilling the fields and when you go back to the shrine to get him back you're like, yeah, I really did something good here. Like, man, there's just so few games that get that right. And the battle with Magus Track to kind of bring it back around, that boss fight is
0: so dramatic. Yep. That game just stands out as i it really depending on the day it's final fantasy 6 or chrono trigger for that era of uh role-playing games for me it, it really just depends on the day and I, both games are amazing i i love final fantasy 6 i didn't play it until later uh particularly after chrono trigger but
1: i would probably still go with chrono trigger because i think overall i enjoy the cast more and the types of side quests again though that could just be me remembering the horrifying menu system in the playstation version of final fantasy 6
0: <laughs> Wow, well, i
1: wanted. One big blemish.
0: I wanna I wanna change Esper's. Well, I'm gonna go make a sandwich now. Yeah, I'll go make a
1: sandwich while I pick Maduin. Why not think,
0: a panini? Why Why always a sandwich? I gotta ask. I think I this think was the, the, this was the 90s and nobody ate paninis yet. Yeah, nobody ate them. I think the exact words <laughs> out of my mouth as like what a, a, like 15 year old kid playing that game. I was like, Are you kidding me? It takes forever for a CD to load up a menu. Are you kidding?
1: Yeah, I was just glad I didn't have to play Chrono Trigger. Although I think its menus were
0: fine. Uh, they were still rough, but they, they weren't. Were, they weren't as good. They were yeah. less. They were less bad. They made some advancements because that was Final Fantasy IV and Chrono Trigger that were put together. What was that? Uh, is the Final Fantasy Collection? Was
1: there it was, the anthology?
0: Was five and six?
1: Yes, and, and, and then
0: Final and Fantasy four Chronicles and, was Chrono Trigger and four, which makes no. St- and it's because Chrono Trigger isn't a Final Fantasy game. No, and then Final Fantasy Origins was one and there two. There it is. Okay, okay. And that took us forever to get three, and no one cared by the time it came out. That's because five is better. Five is just a better version of three. I hate with, five's cast, though. With
1: a more ridiculous bad guy. <laughs> a giant tree! So that, <laughs> so that does us for our boss themes for today. I hope Woo-hoo! you guys enjoyed Woo-hoo! it. Boss themes are awesome. And hey there. It was literally murder to pick these because I have a full list of additional tracks that would be longer than this episode. So we'll definitely come back to this topic in a couple of months. Um, Thank you to those of you who gave us suggestions. And that's something actually I'd like to do every time. If if you guys are interested and want to hear tracks that you like in addition to ours, I'm happy to do that as long as we get enough each time. So comment on the VGMDB thread. Comment preferably on the RPG thread or RPG fan thread, if you have tracks that you think would be good for an upcoming topic, just share the tracks you like because I, lo- I love having kind of everybody contributing because then we kind of get a-, a bigger variety of tracks in there that I may not have picked or tracks that I would have wanted to pick but couldn't because I used up all my, my, my picks. So right again, it- and another thing to remember too is if you know anybody that you think might like an RPG music podcast, please do tell them to listen because the more people listen, it gets pushed up on iTunes and that's a bigger chance of other people hearing it. And I want as many people as possible to be able to listen and kind of share in the love. Absolutely. And I wanted to
2: say thank you to all of you guys who uh, commented on the forums and elsewhere. It's a little sad that it took me promising shout-outs to get you guys to discuss stuff, but that's okay. I'll take it no matter how we
1: got it. Hey, it works now. Yeah,
2: it. so so I really I really appreciate all of your comments and your feedback. It really makes us feel good to know that you're listening and enjoying the show. And as I told my friend Greg Domage, the art of the shout out is not unknown to me. So thank you guys, Ultra7k, Monsoon, Alhizi, Holy Kale 1, Joticon, and uh, Jedi Questmaster over on the VGMDB forums. If I missed anybody, I apologize, but I'm glad you all agree that mint chocolate chip is in fact the bee's knees and rhythm encounter is even better than mint chocolate chip ice cream. So And if you said
1: it just to get shouted out and you don't actually believe that, you're a sellout and you should feel bad.
2: No, that's okay. They now they have to commit to the cause. Like now that they've said mint chocolate chip is the bee's knees, they, there's no
1: going back. They have to live it. Just as an FYI also, we're going to be skipping news in this episode uh just because we did it in the last episode and there's not a whole lot to say until July. So Yep. So Now that we're at the end of the show, hopefully Rob has picked a track by now. If he hasn't, he's fired.
0: No, I definitely have. Uh,
1: Rob, what are you taking us out with?
0: So I had to think really long and hard about this, and as much as I wanted to include non-RPG music in here, uh, including the one soundtrack from the awful Alien vs. Predator game on Super Nintendo, which (laughs) really... You were like... That is a great boss theme.
1: You were it's asking a- us if you could put Metal Gear Solid in earlier.
0: Hells yeah, I was. But uh, no, I actually found I found it really hard to think about good boss music in RPGs because most of the boss music that stands out for me is from other genres. But uh, this one track kind of came to me. And uh, the reason it came to me is because in Final Fantasy VII, I think they screwed up with who the main antagonist should be. If you really follow the story about Final Fantasy VII, I don't view it as a story about, oh, Sephiroth's pissed off and he wants to destroy the world to become a Cetra, but he is already a Cetra. Oh, wait, no, he's not. What's going on here, Cloud? What is your deal? Are you kidding me? Why are you in a wheelchair? If you take all that BS out of Final Fantasy VII, what is actually there is kind of this Cthulhu, Lovecraftian-esque storyline about this entity, this alien entity that has come to the planet and is sucking the life force out of it and is designed to murder it. And that is Jenova. And I always thought that the Jenova track at the end of Final Fantasy VII is decidedly creepy and that should be the main enemy of the game i at that point sephiroth becomes a cliche and i can't stand it so i chose to go with Genova, which is the last fight against the actual beast in final fantasy 7 before you start the yeah all the craziness there and of course one winged angel but i picked this track because i i feel like they screwed up with what the main villain should be because i find a an alien life force that is just designed to kill and thrive. I find that way better than an emo dude with white hair and eyeliner. So, <laughs> You're that's really what anti-emo I- emo right now. Yeah. No, 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 that's just what I went with, because I, I feel like that that game, now, now being older and maybe a little bit... I mean, when I was a kid, I thought Sephiroth was awesome. You know, I thought it was awesome. I, w- I would cosplay as him if I had any crafting skills in me. But being older and looking at it, I'm like, no, the real enemy is Genova, and I just I decided to go with that. All
1: right. Well, as always, thanks, everybody, for listening. Vote us up on iTunes. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Remember, do that. Don't stop doing it. I push it all the time, and so should you. So thanks again for listening, and taking us out is J-E-N-O-V-A from Final Fantasy VII. It's like the Mickey Mouse Club, but
2: more sinister.
1: Yes. J-E-N-O-A-V. You are gonna die. (laughs) O-A-V? Wow, I can really spell. (laughs) Yeah, you can spell. Yay, spelling! (laughs) Goodbye, everybody.